Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Sickwix.com. For all of your soy candle needs, you can go to Sickwix.com. Calm and check uh, and check them out. Buy yourself an awesome six wicks candle. Uh, make your living room, bedroom, or garage smell that much better with six wicks. Sickwicks.com. Also, Medterra CBD. You can enter discount code BigMXRadio15 every time you check out at Medterra CBD and save yourself fifteen percent. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line. For, uh, I believe this is the 17th time this season because we've had 17 Supercrosses. Uh, and this is the wrap-up. Actually, wait. This is the 16th time because we haven't done our six, uh, 17 Supercrosses. We're, we're going to do a, a final, uh, after the final round, I suppose, to sort of uh, talk about who did what in the 250s this time next week uh, with uh, with this particular gentleman. Uh, he's a repeat offender on the podcast. We'd love to have him on. Uh, he's the knower of many things in motocross, and he's probably the nicest guy in the pits uh, outside of maybe uh, Anthony over at, uh, at Dunlop. That's a nice guy right there. But um, a long intro, and we finally got around to it. Dave Drakes, how's it going? <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, you're getting better with the, with the intros, man. You, you know, you're you're flattering me with the, no, that was a bad <laughs> one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, it just is tough to get on and uh, do some bench racing. I've been talking to you in a little bit, and uh, yeah, stoked for the last last yeah. race of the season, man. This is it. This is what we've uh, been waiting for for about seventeen weeks now, man. It's, it's all coming down to this one. The travel and the flights and the dinners and the suspense and the co- the Ubers and the uh, the hotels and this that and other thing it all comes to a close for the Supercross series anyway. Um, this weekend in Las Vegas, you'll be on hand. Same thing with all of the other VIPs through the collective experience. It's been an awesome year for that. Many memories have been made, connections have been uh, had between riders and fans and people just being able to experience Supercross like never before. Uh, and I know there's people who, who come back time and time again just because they enjoy it so much uh, and you enjoy connecting them with that. Um, yeah, like before we get into uh, kind of breaking down uh, this the East Rutherford Supercross as well as uh, talking about rolling into Vegas, um, what are some of the highlights of the season for you? And what are some of the things that stick out of people being able to connect with riders over this this past season? Oh man, it, there's so much to to name. I mean, Just put you on the spot <laughs> like that. Um, you know, one of them is uh, probably you have to say Denver when we got a chance to. Uh, um, you know, get get an intern behind the scenes there, working with AJ Cat and Zaro, and then just getting a chance to kind of hang out with them in the city and give them sort of like that behind the scenes of the behind the scenes. Uh, you know, just sit, dinner with some, some other pro teams and some factory guys, and just kind of hanging out and watching them light up. Like, oh my gosh, it's the coolest thing ever! I'm having dinner with you know all of these people in the industry, and this is amazing. So um, that definitely definitely uh, is up there. Um, I'd say you know the Nashville Tennessee round just all of the uh, the fun stuff that went on, you know, around that around that race. Um, probably every single one of our uh, interns so far for the season has just been phenomenal. Just you know, 
all of them have been, you know, just helped us make memories and they've all been super hands-on and helpful and we're just grateful for them. So it's numerous, man. Just it, It's too many to go over. Just so much, so many different, uh, different cool experiences and just a bunch of p- great people that we're getting a chance to meet and help out. And it's, it's just been a great year. Always a pleasure to uh, see the look on people's faces when uh, they get this close and the, and the, the just how, how inclusive you can get with the collective experience, uh, just how embedded you get to somebody's uh, racing program for the day. And uh, I'm sure you get a lot of people who get a little bit starstruck. And like, oh, my God, that's a seven-deuce-deuce. Deuce, or, oh, my gosh, that's uh, that's AJ Catanzaro. He was uh, in, in, in ninth place in the LCQ. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and all that fun stuff. Uh, I'm sure they get, uh, like, they're, they're, they're always... Uh, uh, starstruck and stuff like that, and uh, and for for yourself, it says, oh yeah, if that's just AJ. He needs to pull his socks up and go a little bit faster in qualifying. Um, but it, it, for you, it, it's got to be cool to see these people weekend after weekend, uh, really experiencing Supercross for many of them like they never have before. Like uh, I always find, I tell people like when they they, t- they talk to me about going to these races, like well, what what how is it going to these races? I'm like honestly, the first couple races are usually pretty cool because like the uh, the fireworks are going off and uh, the intros are kind of cool and you get to kind of see the changes that are made. But by round 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, um, or even all the way up to uh, round 16 this last weekend, um, when the pyro's going off and they're introducing riders, like guys like you and, you and I are, are usually just looking at our phones and seeing... Like just making sure that our, our fantasy moto picks are made, uh, rather than than uh, having our jaws on the floor. So uh, for you, it's got to be pretty cool to see people uh, like weekend after weekend. A lot of them experiencing this level of exposure and this level of access for the first time. Yeah, it, it sort of renews the season every time. So like you said, it can kind of get long in the tooth where you know we're seeing the same opening ceremonies, the same riders, kind of like you know the, the same in and out every week. And, you know, you, you kind of do tend to lose that allure. I mean, it's always going to be super close. We're always going to love it and enjoy it. Um, but still, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the first time you go to a new track and you're all excited. And after the 10th time, you're like, oh, kind of another track already. Uh, it's kind of like that, you know, where you, you, you get you get sort of desensitized to a lot of it. Um, but seeing, you know, that look of astonishment in a new person's eyes every weekend and seeing just the, the level of uh, interaction they're having and the memories they're making or they're taking back with them at the end of the day, um, yeah, it kind of renews your whole outlook on the races and really makes you appreciate it for, for what it is every single weekend. So uh, I'm grateful for that, and uh, I'm just glad for, for the opportunity to be able to give these fans such a, an immersive experience and have to make these memories. And um, it, it's super fun, man. It, it's what I – you know what I love about the sport is that we're all so so inclusive and so uh, so aligned on you know this being the best sport in the world and it's it's cool to see the NR fans every weekend. You hit the nail on the head, my friend. The 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 passion runs deep when it comes to Supercross and Motocross, and uh, yeah. Also, uh, before we get too far into this, shout out to Jonesy on the Instagram live. I believe it was Jonesy underscore three six three seven three six. He was pumped on getting some new podcasts out. For those who are listening, uh, we apologize for not getting one out uh, over the last couple of weeks. 
scheduling issues as well as technical difficulties and uh, the Easter break got in the way of, uh, of us putting out more content, uh, but we're definitely going to make amends for that. And uh, uh, we're going to also give away a, uh, an LS2 subverter to, uh, to a lucky listener who emails me, Brad Gebhart. 88 at gmail.com. Give me your size and your mailing information. And uh, if I reply to you with uh, with a, with the thumbs up and, and you're getting a helmet, then uh, then do exactly. And then uh, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna win one. So once again, to enter, all you've got to do, if you're listening to this particular podcast, email me Brad Gebhart 88 at gmail.com. Send me your size. Send me your mailing information, and uh, we'll get that thing out to you as soon as possible. And once again, shout out to Jonesy. For reminding us that people miss the podcast, they want to hear it uh, as often as possible. I know for the podcast that I love to listen to, uh, when I'm used to having them come up on a, on a Monday morning, and uh, I go to hit refresh on my podcast app on my phone, and uh, it's not there. Uh, I have an emptiness in my heart. And uh, for those who have been missing the Big MX Radio podcast, we apologize, and we'll definitely get more out to you. That's where you say something else, Dave. You went quiet for a second. I must have, must have skipped or something. But um, yeah, it's it kind of weird. It kind of awesome. kind of sucks when we can't uh, when we can't get these uh, kind of battled off regularly. But like you said, the, the scheduling and with the break and everything else, it gets to gets to be a little nuts. But it, we love doing this, man. I love hopping on and chatting, mo- chatting moto, chatting SX and bench talking racing. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking, you know, talking a bunch of shit about you know our buddies at the races and. Um, it, it's super fun, and it, it makes makes me excited to get back uh, from the races to kind of go over all the cool stuff. So um, yeah, I'm always I'm always pumped to talk moto, always pumped to dig deep and kind of give fans like a little bit of that insider's knowledge on some things. Um, it's super fun, and, and I, I want to keep doing it as long as I can. Absolutely, and we appreciate you making the time for the podcast every time. Um, so let's get into this thing. Let's talk four fifties, uh, and starting with your will be uh, two thousand nineteen uh, Supercross champ number two, going to be number one next year. Cooper Webb wins again in East Rutherford. Um, it was sort of handed to him. Uh, just about everybody at the front had some sort of issue at some point. Uh, resulting in, uh, I wouldn't say an easy win for uh, for Webb, but like I said, he, he w- kind of let the race just come to him, and it did. He ends up taking the lead and making his championship uh, uh, effort just that much bigger. He's now got a 23-point lead, um, and it, it's it's all but sewn up here uh, until uh, Vegas, unless uh, we get a press release from KTM uh, this uh, in the next couple of days saying he got uh, horribly injured. During uh, practice, of course, we never wish for that, um, as well as for qualifying, uh, barring some sort of strange happening, and of course, this season has had plenty of that, um, Cooper Webb is going to be your champion for 2019, and uh, he did so by uh, being honestly pretty pretty dominant and pretty fast all season long, like even the first round of the year when he's on the ground in the first corner and Salvage is the fifth. Um, that's probably the probably the most underrated ride of the year. Of course, he's got seven wins on it, um, but just being a factor all season long uh, has is what allowed him to uh, grab the points lead and never let go of it. You know that right ahead, man. Uh, Cooper's just flat out. You know, it, it's it sounds silly to say, but it's flat out the best ride of the season. And it's not necessarily to say that he was the fastest every weekend. I mean, we saw weekends where. 
Uh, he won, but Marvin was the guy that was killing it, or Eli was the guy that was killing it like this past weekend, uh, where Eli was moving to the pack really fast, but he you know, couldn't get out of his own way for a lot of the stuff and made some mistakes. Um, so the way that Cooper rode initially in the first half of the season didn't really shake any, you know, didn't really have anyone scratching their head for the first, like, you know, two, three rounds. Um, but then, I mean, something happened, like, I think it was Oakland where he got out front and, um, and man, just really laid waste to, to these guys. And I think he, he was getting caught by Marvin a little bit, but still the way he rode with that, that commanding lead and even with the pressure, he didn't falter. Um, and then he just kept letting that confidence sort of build. It went from, you know, uh, some top threes to a win to a back-to-back win. And then, you know, um, just bullying the other guys around the track. Uh, it was super, super cool just to, just to see him, uh, him kind of assert himself like that. He, he didn't ride, you know, overly aggressive, but he wasn't afraid to really to, to trade some paint and rub these guys a little bit, which is super cool. You know, we, we tend to see either just ultra dirty in a 450 class or we see these guys ride timid and a little bit almost too respectful, if you can say that. Um, but I think he walked the line of, you know, hey, I'm I'm super confident. I know I'm fast. Um, I'm going to ride these guys hard and I'm not going to uh, let this championship get away from me. I think that puts a combination of, um, you know, the bike working for him and just great training from Alden Baker and just the group that he has around him and the resources, all that led up to what we see now with him having this huge lead and um, not really having to, to ride over his head in Vegas. Just really, he could get a top three and just coasted this thing. So, um, yeah, hats off to him, man. Great ride. Uh, you and I said it, you know, in, the, in our live a little earlier, did not see this coming a mile, from a mile away, man. It, 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 it really surprised a no. lot of people and, no one saw Cooper doing this, man, especially after the less than stellar Yamaha rides he's had in the, over the past few seasons. To say that he's going to be our 2019 SX champion in the 450 class, it, it, it's, I'm sure it's going to sh- you know, going to shock a lot of people. Um, but if you look, if you look at his season, it's it's not hard to see why he's just the best guy out there so far. That he has been. Uh, it's it's been amazing to watch. Uh, Still puzzling at certain times. You just like, it, like uh, it, it's tough to really even uh, um, because it was so unexpected. Obviously, uh, the, we're two years removed from the, uh, the 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 prowess that he showed on the 250. Shouldn't be a complete surprise, but just with how how down he seemed and how uh, uninspired the rides were on the Yamaha. You just didn't really see this happening. No one did. And uh, it's been amazing to watch. And uh, a lot of his competition sort of, I wouldn't say made it easy on him, but they, they definitely uh, had their, their weekends where uh, you really left uh, scratching your head. Like I don't think either one of us expected uh, Blake Baggett to be fourth in points uh, or anywhere ahead of uh, either Marvin Muscan or uh, or Ken Roxon for that matter. Um, and and Joey Savacci's had good uh, good good races as well, stealing points away from guys like Roxon and Muscan and, uh, and and Baggett for that matter. So um, and of course the the guy who's who's currently got. Five race wins on the year, second in points. Eli Tomac has been about as inconsistent as you can be, um, and still getting, uh, still sitting second in points. Uh, it's been you're scratching your head all season long with this guy, uh, including this last weekend at East Rutherford. He's leading. He looks awesome. He, he kind of comes backward a little bit, makes some goes down the whoops a couple of times. Um, 
I don't know really what you say about uh, Eli Tomac's season other than uh, a little bit disappointing as far as uh, the, the end results. I know he came in with a back injury, and uh, he's been uh, working with the motorcycle to get comfortable all season long. I think that's uh, it sort of shades of 2017 as well, even though that year he rattled off a, a ton more wins and uh, was a whole lot closer to grabbing that championship. But uh yeah, for the for the rest of the competition, um, you gotta sort of just give your hats off to uh, to Cooper Webb and uh, sort of look in the mirror as to uh, what 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 went wrong in twenty nineteen. Yeah, um, man, it's this whole entire season has just been a complete mix up, and um, it, it, I think I think it's like in the in the in the best way, you know. It's um, it, it's kind of, it's kind of led to a lot of people like having you know outside discussions and. Um, kind of digging deeper into everyone's program like you know what's cooper got going on behind the scenes um how what's eli doing why is he kind of faltering this year what's marvin's whole deal how are they interacting and stuff like that and um yeah this it really i by, by the way that things turned out i'm kind of honestly speeches for a lot of uh, a lot of it and uh still i'm still caught up on cooper webb like potentially win this championship i mean it's still kind of baffling honestly yeah, absolutely, it has been. Um, but um, who who would you say was your biggest surprise outside of uh, of Cooper Webb this particular season? Obviously, that was completely out of left field. No one saw it coming, and for him to win a championship is a huge, uh, huge surprise. But who who else is sort of uh, uh, who jumped off the map for you uh, in either a positive way or uh, a negative way? Um, to be honest with you, I'm kind of kind of shocked about. Uh, Someone that we haven't mentioned in a while, Aaron Plessinger. I uh, I kind of thought that uh, you know when you and I talked that uh, Joey Sabacci would have a better season, which he is. But I I honestly thought that I would I would be wrong on that front. I thought that we'd see Plessinger, who's a bigger guy, who um, always talked about wanting to ride a 450 and Supercross and wanting to uh, um, you know be one be one of the elite. And it looked like he rode the bigger bike pretty decently, especially in the off season. Um, I thought for sure he'd have like a podium or like you know snuck a um, uh, like a whole shot in here or, or tried to mix it up a little bit in terms of um, breaking up the top four that we've seen pretty much week in and week out um, kind of being the same apart from this last weekend. Um, I, I thought for sure that he'd be up there a little bit and then, you know, that having that crash and uh, I think it was Daytona with the heel and stuff and, and messing himself up a little bit, putting him on the contention. I was really shocked by that. I thought for sure that he would mesh well with the, with the 450 um, I thought for sure he'd, uh, you know, he'd carry over that success he had last year where he had a stellar 2018. Um, I definitely was, was on board with him kind of crushing it this year. And, um, you know, if, if I could, I, I, I think you'd consider him like, you know, where Zach Osborne finished this past weekend where you had like that one breakout ride or, or get a good start and kind of run away and battle with the leaders for a little bit. That's going to be every week, but you know, at least one of those breakout rides, but um, he's kind of a shock to me. I, I'm surprised. Um, I'd also have to probably pair that with Ken Roxon. I thought for sure that guy would be a top three every single weekend, multiple wins. He was uh, actually my pick to win the championship and um, just the, the way he's been riding the last couple of weeks. Not really sure if he's been that forthcoming with what some of the issues were, whether it be uh, some, you know, fitness or sorry, not fitness, but some, some of his health with, uh, with, it, with, his wrists or arms or, or something else internal um, or something more personal at home. It, it's t- 
tough to see a person that you know can crush it and who has crushed it this season, um, especially if you go back to, um, you know, some of the, the triple crown race where he won the first one. Um, you think that this guy would have had a much more of a breakout, more memorable season, but um, it hasn't been, it hasn't been, you know, in a savor like that. So I, that's kind of a letdown to me too. Those two guys, I really thought they'd receive more out of them. Yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, agree with your your assessments, my friend. Like I said, you're at these races all the time, and uh, you definitely uh, have a good beat on uh, what to expect from these guys. And uh, I, I think there's a, a few more than a couple of guys that should uh, go back, uh, come back to Supercross next year after doing some soul searching as far as uh, what type of speed that they're uh, going to be able to bring in 2020. Uh, of course, uh, in the mix with there as well will be uh, a, a couple of uh, guys moving up. I think there's a, a couple of guys that will be uh, going like adding into that talent pool. It's already pretty deep. Uh, hopefully, Dean Wilson can get the shoulder healed up uh, before outdoors even. Uh, definitely come back to uh, um, to Supercross. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Dino going forward? I, I certainly think that he's done enough to get himself uh, a ride over at uh, at some sort of a, uh, a factory ride. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, riding shotgun with uh, with Blake Baggett over at uh, uh, RM, ATV, MC, KTM. Uh, I, I, I agree. I, I can't say anything bad about Dean Wilson. Yeah, he could have been just a little bit more consistent, but man, the guy was super, super solid. Um, definitely uh, Rockstar's best ride of the season since, um, you know, we had Zach Osborne out. So I, I definitely think uh, he's earned his ride. He's just, he, for, for any team that to pick him, he, he, it would just be a miss. He's such a fan favorite. He's got such a great following, so many great outside sponsors and endorsements, and just people who, um, who you know, who who the tension that he has, and um, I think it would be a big miss for for some big some big name teams like you know Baggett's team, the RMATV team, uh, or even Rockstar, um, whether they want to bring him back or not. Um, it, it is a huge miss to not bring Dino. I mean, he's just such a fan favorite. The guy's ultra talented. Um, damn near won uh, you know a, a Supercross race early in the season. Um, I, I, I think he's earned it. I definitely think he's uh, he's. He's made a name for himself. Um, that's aside from that, you know, Dino who only crashes or or wrecks himself throughout the season. I think he's, uh, I, I think he's legit. I think he's kind of getting over that whole uh, that whole stigma from a few seasons ago, and um, he's 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 legit. Um, I wouldn't put it past him to <laughs> surprise us and win it, win a Supercross in 2020 or twenty twenty. i the years mixed up. Um, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him to get a top three or win or, or start. Um, you know, sticking his nose in there or something like that. He's he's talented enough. Um, he's got the right equipment usually, and uh, I, I I'd like to see this guy do great. And I think he really deserves that ride. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. Um, that's why I said it. But uh, I, honestly, but with the inroads that uh, Dino has with Bobby Hewitt and Husqvarna and uh, and Red and and Rockstar. I wouldn't be surprised if they were f- to find some way to put a third bike on that uh, that rolling circus. I know they've got uh, like they've got the like to the, the two fifty entity and on that stuff like that. But uh, I, I can't see um, it being easy for because uh, I, I think they tried to make something work. Um, by some sort of way at the beginning of the season, even before he was on the team. Uh, of course, Bobby Hewitt uh, owning the, the 
the amateur team that Dean rode for even as uh, in his closing stage of his amateur career on Kawasaki's, uh, as well as with Hunter Hewitt, um, which is uh, which is. Uh, he would he would son, which is uh, which is wild. So I, I think there are some connections there. I I gotta think there's some way to keep uh, the to put Dino on the bike. Uh, even though we do know that uh, of course uh, Husqvarna slash KTM has seen some budget cuts on the racing program in the both in the United States. So uh, maybe that's one of the th- only thing that really prevents it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know where Dean should be next year. But if you're uh, top six in points or top seven, maybe um, I think that that's somewhere uh, that that deserves a factory ride. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't know where he's. Yeah, as far as his, his points, Cole Cole Seeley. I don't think you can catch him this weekend, even if he wins. So that, that's pretty cool for a guy who was not even didn't have a factory ride. At the beginning of this season, we'll end up in points ahead of somebody on on uh, Honda HRC. Um, that's pretty uh, pretty nice tip of the cap, and of course he got the podium and all that. Uh, I believe that was that not Den? No, it was in Denver. When was that? Uh, Denver's where he got hurt. He got the podium in Nashville. I want to say it was before Nashville, wasn't it? Was it Seattle? Seattle, Nashville. Right? There's too many. There's, we sound idiots now. Too many races. Okay, well, Dean Wilson, uh, he got a podium this year, uh, so that, I think that's pretty cool for a guy who literally didn't have a factory, uh, have for factory ride going into the season and had to race the first few races, um, not with the uh, the factory effort. So g- good on him. Um, let's talk two fifties a little bit because we're a little bit into this podcast. We should crack open the two fifties a bit, a bit because those are two championships which are about as close as they get. It's nine points in the East. It's seven in the West. Uh, Adam Cincerulo has won in Vegas the last two seasons in a row. Um, but And, of course, uh, he's got Dylan Ferrandis nipping at his heels. That is going to be one hell of a series. Uh, the star guys will all be in full flight. Mitchell Oldenburg, Justin Cooper, Dylan Ferrandis, and, of course, the most beautiful man in the sport of motocross. He goes by the name of Colt Nichols. He'll also be going pretty damn quick. Geico, Geico will bring their boys uh, flying in with uh, the red plate in front of uh, Chase Sexton. Um, he's only leading the points, like I said, by nine ahead of Justin Cooper. Uh, yet to be like that. I think that's a little bit more settled, even in the West. Even though uh, uh, that championship has been wild. Uh, of course, we won't be having uh, your probably the most dominant guy um, all season in, in Austin Forkner due to a knee injury, but uh, the 250s are going to be hot. Oh, most definitely. Um, especially, I think we're going to see a pretty uh, damn good showdown from the West guys. I think Dylan is riding with a bunch of confidence, um, really feeling himself. He knows that he can he can get a title, and it's probably this is the closest he's been. And only eight points down. I mean, if Adam gets a bad start and Dylan gets up front, and he gets a few a few guys between him, his teammates, um, they could they they could help. Uh, you know, do some uh, do some defensive riding and uh, and get as many points between those two guys as possible. And you know, Dylan could win. You and I said it um, a little while ago. Uh, anything can happen in Vegas. We could have a, a total mix up like we had with Savachi and Osborne a few years ago. Um, 
I, I, I'm, I'm pumped for that one. I'm a huge fan of Saints Row. I'm a huge fan of Fernandez. Um, you know, you got Colt Nichols in there who had a stellar first um, few races of this of this series. Love the points. Yeah, he let, exactly. And looked, he looked unstoppable. And to, to say that he hasn't, you know, really been as dominant um, as he was in the first half of the of the, the West series, and now he's third in points, it's, again, it's just so much parity in this this season just the complete mix-up and the way that riders are just kind of changing up whether they're either ascending on the ladder or you know or falling down it so uh it's definitely definitely crazy um i think sexton's gonna ride you know very aggressive but i also think he's gonna ride a little bit more conservative and try to maintain that point that he has um cooper is going to be on fire super super smooth kid very very quick um i don't see him being able to clench this one. I have a little bit more confidence in Dylan kind of making up that gap or that deficit that he's at. I think Cooper's still a little a little green for something like that. Um, still might need to, uh, I'd say, strengthen his, uh, his his tool belt a little bit. Um, but I do think he's going to be a threat in outdoors, which we you know we talked about in a couple weeks. But um, it, it's going to be a barn burner, man. This is going to be awesome, and you've got a bunch of hungry guys. Um, that may not may not be in the championship punt, but want that confidence moving into 2020 Supercross or even for outdoors that are just looking for the win, and that could have a completely different effect on the the rest of the way guys the guys stack up in relation to each other. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one, man. I'm really pumped for this one. Super glad that it's close in points. Not good for the racers, but good for us fans. Absolutely no. This is gonna be uh, this is gonna be crazy. Who who can play spoiler the most? Who who's got the most potential to uh, lay down some lap times and steal some points away from uh, say a would be champion or uh, or like who's gonna be able to throw his hat in the ring or, or maybe who's maybe the the strongest teammate that can get in between say uh, Justin Cooper uh, and uh, and getting in cl- getting closer to Chase Sexton or uh, or something like that. I would say R.J. Hampshire. That guy, even if it's not to, to the, at the benefit of Sexton, he can be a spoiler. Super fast, um, just kind of inconsistent. So I think that he could get a whole shot. And with the pressure off, like, hey, I got really nothing to lose. This is just a just a race to kind of build that confidence and get ready for outdoors, or um, you know, put my name on the board come Supercross next year. I think that guy's going to be R.J. Hampshire. You know, we've seen him mix it up a little bit earlier in the season. Yeah, he hasn't really carried that speed or that um, that same tenacity throughout every single race. But you know, he's got the potential for it, and he could he could play spoiler. He could take this whole thing and steal some points away. Um, it won't really help him in the championship standings, but again, it'll boost his confidence and uh, it'll play uh, a huge a huge factor in how, how these guys stack up in points at the end of the race. So uh, I'm going to stay up at his RJ, man, if there's one guy that's really going to get in there and try that. For sure, man. RJ could totally get in there. He could be on the podium, even though he's only had one in his prior uh, prior to this part point in his career. It actually surprises me. Um, there's, there's probably two guys that have – two or three guys that have the most amount of speed – that could could really uh, help out one of their teammates. Like I think Mitchell Oldenburg could be that star guy that uh, gets in between 
AC and uh, Ferrandis, even though uh, Ferrandis needs a little bit more help than that to uh, to rip out a championship. And uh, and Davalos, obviously, Martin Davalos has the speed to uh, to run up there with AC. Uh, I think if he, if he was to, to kind of run tail gunner for him all all throughout that Supercross race, uh, that might be. Um, AC's best chance at uh, walking away from this thing completely unscathed and moving on to outdoors and uh, likely his last championship as a 250 rider. Uh, pretty excited to see the, that guy go up to uh, to Supercross, uh, the, the, the 450 class next year. That's going to be exciting. Oh, most definitely. Uh, you know, anytime you see a 250 guy move up, you're always amped to see, you know, how it turns out. Are they going to have, um, you know, success like, some of the greats like a Reed or someone like that, or um, or are they going to have a slow start like we've seen with Cooper Webb? Um, and then are they going to start to come into their own and start crushing it and be a points leader? Um, or are they going to fizzle out? You know, it's always a mystery when we have new guys come up. But it's great to see the fresh, the, sorry, the fresh blood um, mix it up with with some of the the veterans and. and seeing how they adapt and if it makes the class that much faster or if people have to accommodate for for this new guy coming up it, it's it's cool to see i think it uh it, it freshens things up and it makes it makes the uh the upcoming season you know exciting and you're watching them in off season and um i'm, I'm excited to see how that how that shakes out i, I really want to see uh see all these guys um have stellar careers because you know it, it's more of a selfish reason but it makes the racing better for all of us um, you know, ideally, I'd love to see 15 guys that could win a race every weekend that are just duking it out. Um, and I think that that might happen with this uh, with the, the new crop of guys that are going to be moving up, where everyone's just so fast, so elite, so on their uh, their training regiment that you know we've got just a bunch of killers in the line, and uh, and they're just going to duke it out for us. That you do, and uh, it's going to be exciting. I think he goes to Factory Cowie. Um, and I think there's going to be some serious musical chairs this next year. Um, even, uh, even like, like Ken, Ken Roxon, he can, he's a, he's a lifetime Red Bull athlete, but that doesn't always mean that he's going to be on Hondas, uh, to do so. I believe this is a contract year. Um, what if we were sitting here in a year's time and, uh, and Ken Roxon has, has completed a successful season, uh, back on K- KTM, uh, factory KTMs again? Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. Honestly, um, it, could you see that happening? Could you see mm-hmm. could you see Marvin uh, not wanting to stick around the uh, the, the the Baker's Factory after uh, basically uh, becoming the guy and then becoming not the guy and, and and maybe not wanting to be on the same team as uh, Cooper Webb anymore? Maybe he goes to uh, to like a factory Cowie at some point or something like that. I think I think there's some musical chairs to be had here. Oh man, that that would be a Definitely mix up. Um, I want to say, obviously, for these guys, I mean, the rides are starting to become few and far between. Like you mentioned, a lot of factory teams are yeah. pulling their funding, KTM and Husky being, you know, some of them. Um, I, for me, I think KTM right now is just at the pinnacle of the sport. They have just too many resources at their fingertips. Um, their bikes are awesome. They they have a stronghold on the best training facility, arguably in the world for motocross and supercross. Um, I just I don't see Marvin wanting to get away from all of that. I think yeah he might need to change the scenery to kind of get away from some guys that are on his training regiment that are kicking his butt um, sometimes like Cooper Webb or like an Osborne or something. But um, 
I don't know. I, I just think KTM is just too too good right now. Unless you know Honda puts more resources into their program or Cali or Yamaha or whoever um, to try to entice this guy. And of course, you got to have some commas uh, in that check as well. Um, yeah, I, I, it'd be yep. it'd be hard for for a guy that likes semi consistency and for things to kind of stay as they are, like like Muskin. It's hard to see him switch, man. I think you'd have a a little bit more of a, I guess, easier time, quote unquote, if you could, uh, w- w- with Roxton. I-, I think he'd be more inclined to, s- to switch teams and-, and get a change of scenery over someone like a Moosehead. Fair enough. Well, we'll see where the chips land. Uh, of course, everything's secret, secret uh, up until uh, usually the, the first week in September or the first week in October. We find out uh, who's going where, who's going to have a new home, who's who's got the uh, different numbers and stuff like that. Uh, we know for sure uh, one guy that will have a new number uh, for next year is uh, the seven double deuce. Um, like uh, unless he really turns it on for outdoors, looks like uh, Adams going back to uh, familiar territory for the seven se- uh, seven two two, uh, and probably the best thing for him, man. Like it, it just this year Suzuki ninety seven uh, Thor gear. Um, it, it just like he might keep the 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 the, the yellow bike and the Thor gear, but uh, without the seven two two on there, like I f- I feel like he should just throw that on there for uh, for this weekend's race just to maybe change things up. Yeah, it's. It's been a growing year, I'd say, for Adam. Um, I don't think the the talent went anywhere, the dedication or the work or anything like that. I think when you switch, when you're a privateer and you switch to a, a satellite team like that with added resources and added eyes on you and added personnel, um, you, you tend to put pressure on yourself. And I think uh, at, this, this kind of happened to Adam. Um, I think he's starting to kind of understand it a little bit better now and feel a little bit, little bit more comfortable with that. But um, I think it's a little bit of a... Um, uh, something to get used to uh, earlier in the season, and kind of saw him falter a little bit, and kind of take a little bit of time to get the uh, get the the um, the main event seats and and decent finishes in the LCQ. So, um, yeah, I'd I look at it as a growing year. Um, I don't think he could, you know, there's some negatives, but still, I, I don't think you know many people would have adapted well to completely changing brands and copping on a team and just upping your game that much and. Um, just a lot of things change. So, um, you know, here's to 2020 being better for him. I, I you know, I, I know he's talented. I got a lot of faith in him. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, things kind of turn around a little bit for him because, you know, he should be in a main event every weekend. I think he's he's definitely one of those guys that has a talent for it and that uh, they, they can make it happen. So we'll see how it shakes out for uh, this upcoming season. That we will, my friend. It should be an entertaining one. Um the 250 class uh, should shake out uh, oh, like like these guys are, are going to be fighting tooth and nail for every spot. It's the last time they get to square off before they all go outdoors. Um, like, what, what? Who are some of the guys that you you, you expect to really have uh, really good races this weekend? Um, hmm. I want to say uh, someone like a Justin Cooper. I, I see him doing really well. Um, especially since we're coming into outdoors and you don't want to carry some of that, uh, um, confidence and a little bit of momentum in his favor. Uh, I think he's going to be an absolute beast. I think we had a little bit of a chat on it in a previous, uh, pod about, you know, getting a little ahead of ourselves with the, with the whole outdoor thing. 
Um, I, I just think he's the absolute beast in outdoors, really, really masterful the way he rides. And I think that's more of his forte. So I'm pumped for that. And I, and I, and I definitely do think that um, he's going to carry some of that excitement for the outdoors into this weekend. Um, I, I will say Aldenburg, I think he's a bit of a sleeper. A lot of guys do kind of uh, tend to brush over him, but I see him doing very, very well. And someone like Davalos, great, great on um, some harder pack tracks. Um, you know, he's in the East. I think he would have been much. Uh, he's definitely one of those guys that we mentioned with the RJ Hampshire that could sneak in and be kind of an upset. So um, those, I think those guys are uh, – are, are my picks for, for doing really well this weekend. I, I, of course, you're going to see Cincerello, Fernandez, and Sexton up there, but um, I'm, I'm more inclined on the guys that, that we that we really haven't seen get their breakout sort of finishes yet. Yeah. no, I, I, I love the, the shootouts. I love when they get together. I wish they did it five times a year um, or something just more substantial, more than two. Um, get to see these guys square off, see the the two coasts come together, see guys that are used to being on the East Coast riding on the West and vice versa. Um, I think it's it's a great way to just show the parity and really mix things up as far as points go. Like you have a guy who's regular uh, a, fi- a fifth place guy on one coast, all of a sudden he has a bad race on uh, one of those. Uh, uh, the, the the showdown races and uh, you, you're, you're looking at 15 spots and also you get some guys that can be complete heroes. I think uh, actually one guy that I think is sort of um, kind of coming into this race with not a lot of hype, not a lot of, he's kind of come under the radar is Michael Moseman. He's been slowly getting better over the season and uh, he showed some serious speed and even led laps at the last uh, West Coast round. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in there also slinging some arrows and mixing stuff up. So we're in for an awesome race this weekend and uh, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to miss it. But uh, I know we got some exciting stuff going on for uh, for outdoors. Um, what's your plan for outdoors? Like, do you do you attend each each, each one of these damn things, or uh, are you are you unable to due due to work? Uh, what's your story for outdoors this year? Yeah, outdoors. Um, I usually tend to make most of them. I'll try to aim for like six or seven or so. Uh, but yeah, it's a busy time with work, so I'm you know I'll be traveling for uh, for the old nine to five. Um, but yeah, it, I, I have a huge place in my heart for the outdoor nationals. Love them. I mean, that's just the nitty gritty version of uh, of of what we do you know, on dirt bikes. It's it's super fun. Love the tracks. Love to see these guys go wide open, hanging out. Um, and it's it's really your your man's man's kind of racing, which I think all of us, no matter who we are, really really appreciate that, that type of uh, the type of competition. Um, we're gonna be bringing our fan experience back to the outdoors. Um, you'll be able to to sign up with your favorite privateer and support riders go behind the scenes, be hands-on, and we're also going to do our um, very successful internship program where fans can get hands-on experience working with the pro team. Um, they're going to be able to, to interact as like team managers and um, interact with brand reps, um, various riders each weekend, and really get an immersive feel for what it's like to work in the industry that they can carry on with them. And we've had riders go on to work for Feld, um, work for uh, training facilities, uh, work for uh, brands. I mean, you name it. We've uh, we've really had uh, a big impact on the sport so far, and something I'm really proud of. And I'm excited to bring this to outdoors and get more people hooked up. Um, so just make sure you guys are heading to thecollectivexp.com. Even if you can only attend one race of the season, 
definitely make sure you apply. Application process is very simple. We review it and make sure that everybody gets hooked up as long as they meet the criteria um, and they become a good fit for the team. So pumped on it, pumped on what you and I have going for the Canadian Nats, trying to get people signed up through that internship program. And, uh, and I think we still have some bugs to work out, but uh, it's going to be fun, man. I'm really, I'm really excited to do a lot this summer. Oh yeah, we'll we'll line everything up. We got a couple of weeks to uh, iron out the details, and uh, and you'll be coming up for uh, the Minnedosa round. I believe that's round four, the fifteenth of uh, June for uh, for for round four of the uh, the Canadian series. So I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to host you for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to do my best to get up there. I already talked to Andy at FXR uh, about some rounds that I want to attend, and uh, yeah, he's he's all on board with me coming up and hanging out with the boys. So. Yeah, man, I'm pumped. I, I really I love Canadian Nationals. If anyone knows me, they know I love the Canadian Series. Always been a huge fan of it since before I was on big bikes even. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to get up there. and just it, oh, yeah. I love the laid-back feel. Watching and, Derek Fisher on his Morgan Racing Suzuki. <laughs> watching uh, Fasciati when he first went to like that o, was it the 06 250F. Um, on, no, he rode the 05 one. Was it, was it the 05? He, 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 had, he had one year on that... Uh, the Suzuki Kawasaki okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, they uh, over. No, I think he also had a season where he raced a 252 stroke, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I can go back. I'm pretty sure he raced a 252 stroke at one point. I too. just remember him ripping a Cow- Cowie four stroke at Walton, just absolutely on rails. And um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Some, some good memories of that, that. Some of the commentators and just yeah, just such solid, uh, such solid racing. So yeah, I'm amped, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, to coming to Canada. Uh, meeting some new people, hanging out with uh, a whole different crowd, and just you know, streaming level racing. Awesome, man. Well, as always, really appreciate the time to uh, come on here and uh, and talk moto. Uh, we'll be doing more of it in the coming weeks. We apologize for our uh, our hiatus, but we're back. We, no more. Uh, technical difficulties and uh, if you have any requests for someone you'd like to hear on the podcast give me a shout give me uh, a dm or uh, just shoot me uh, an email at bradgephart88 at gmail.com dave drake before we let you go where can people find more information on the collective experience how can they get involved uh, just check us out at the collective ex on instagram the collective xp.com contact at the collective xp.com if you guys have any questions concerns comments um, definitely feel free to reach out to us. We try to respond to every person that we can and make sure we get them hooked up um, and immersed into this amazing sport of ours. So definitely make sure you uh, you hit us up and uh, see what we're all about. There you go, my friend. As always, appreciate the time. Don't hang up just yet. But for podcast's sake, we're going to cut it off right there. <laughs>